Hi, good morning, everyone. Hi. Um, for those of you that don't know me, uh, my name is Irene. Um, I am used to be a leader here. Uh, my husband and I actually met here at uh, Rebla Vineyard years ago. Um, but a little backstory on me, I was actually uh, born and raised here, well, in Corning, so like 15 minutes away. Um, currently, I live in Vancouver, Washington, so I'm living in the Pacific Northwest, a lot cooler weather. It's kind of a shock coming here today <laughs> with the weather. Um, but right now, uh, my, I, I live there with my husband, Wesley, and our baby girl, Amelia. And um, But yeah, I was born and raised, so I'm a local girl. Um, I, I'm very local, I'm sure a lot of you guys are, um, that when I moved from Corning to Red Bluff, I actually said that I was moving to the city. So going from there, I was like, oh, let's move into the city. Uh, backstory, my husband is from South Africa, Johannesburg, which is like 8 million people. So he was very shocked when I would tell him that we were moving to the city in Red Bluff. Um, but yeah, I just, he, he would look at me so confused. But for me, like going from 3,000 to 15,000, it was like, that's a big shock for someone, right? Um, but so when we moved to, so we Corning, you know, Red Bluff, and then we eventually moved to Portland, Oregon, which that was like a whole other country for me. Like that was like, I might as well have moved overseas to another country. Um, so all that's to say is I'm, I'm very, very honored to be with you guys here this morning. Um, this church has played such a huge pivotal role in my life um, and with my relationship with God. I remember, um, I, I appreciate hearing your, your testimony this morning, Will, because um, I was in a similar story. I was, um, you know, years ago, I, I was in a really hard relationship at the time, and um, I was, um, you know, as, as you do, you're kind of like, okay, what, what do I got to do? I'm, I got to start attending church, right? That'll, that'll help salvage this relationship. And to be honest, I was kind of like, okay, you know what? It's like, we got to start going to church. I don't need it. I'm fine. It's, you know, he needs to start going to church. So we did, right? And um, well, 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 what, when you come to find out is actually me that actually really needed church as well. And um, yeah, that was, that was a huge thing for me. I was like, oh, wow, okay. I came to one service and I was like, oh, okay, this is home. This is home for me. Um, so all this to say is I, I, I made a commitment to Jesus in this church. I, I got baptized in this church. I led a Bible study in this church, a, a Spanish Bible study, which even though I am fluent in Spanish, it was very, very nerve-wracking for me. Um, and this, I actually preached my very first sermon here when we had our Wednesday church uh, at this church. So this is, all this to say is I'm just incredibly, incredibly honored to be back here with you guys today after years um, and be sharing the message with you guys. Um, so, and we're going to be continuing the sermon series on virtues. Um, so more recently, like I said, um, I just became a mama. Um, that's my baby girl, Amelia. She is, uh, she's now four months old, so she doesn't quite look like that anymore. She's not a squish. But um, as you can see in the background, um, it's snowing. So she's four months old. She was born in February. So winter time in the Pacific Northwest. Um, it was it, on her on her birthday, she, they, they said it was a slight chance of snowfall. And in the Pacific Northwest, whenever they say there's a chance of snowfall, everyone kind of gets excited, but then it just ends up being raining. So you're like, oh, okay, it's not actually gonna snow. So we kind of just took it as 
Like it's not actually going to snow like the day she's born, right? Um, well, it actually turned out to be uh, one of the biggest snowfalls in the history of the Pacific Northwest for the last 100 years. Google it. February 22nd, biggest snowfall ever. Um, and so we're sitting in the hospital room and we're just watching, right? We have our little girl where we had to take pictures of, of the snowfall in the background. And, um, you know, we start thinking like, oh man, these roads are, our nurse was like really wanting to get out of there too because she lived an hour away. And we were really nervous. I was, I was exhausted. I was in labor for 36 hours, hadn't slept for just as long. Um, and we're like, we got to get out of here. We got to go home. Um, finally, they, they discharged us after a few few what felt like forever but it was only a couple hours um and then we we get out of the hospital and um we we turned out of the hospital and immediately we were in traffic like immediately because everyone was not prepared for this huge snowstorm and um the traffic was so bad that we moved only two blocks in an hour that was it we we weren't even that far away from the hospital eventually this guy like came up on the side of the road while we were you know, in a standstill, and he, uh, he, he was like, hey, how are you guys doing? You know, we kind of rolled up the window, and um, we live, Portland and Vancouver, Washington are like only 20 minutes away from each other, right? And this guy comes up, and he, he was like, oh, we asked him what was going on, why he was, you know, walking in a snowstorm, and he said he just abandoned his car on I-5. He had been sitting standstill for, uh, for three hours. He had not moved at all. So we were like, okay, cool, that's, that's great. We start panicking a little bit because we've, um, we have a one-day-old in our car that we're like first-time parents. What, what are we going to be doing? Uh, we have no food and no water. We didn't think to refill our water on our way, you know, out the door. <laughs> first-time parents, of course. Um, so, uh, and only a quarter tank of gas, which I didn't, my husband didn't tell me until like we were there an hour. I was like, okay, that, I didn't know that part. Um, so I decided to call the Holiday Inn across the street from us. First thing they said when they answered was, sorry, we're booked. We're completely booked. So then I call around all the areas. There's like 20, um, you know, hotels in that area because it's a pretty popular area. Every one of them, as soon as we answer, they said, we're full. We're full. We're at capacity. So we're like, okay, that, what are we going to do now? At this point, um, Wes had decided to turn back around and go to the hospital. And I just, I called the hospital. I was like, okay, can you guys readmit us? Because you know, we were there like an hour ago, like, please let us back in. Um, and they said no. They said that I technically had no medical reason to go back into the hospital, so they couldn't let us, and we're like, there's a snowstorm, we can't get a hotel, what do we do? And they're like, sorry, like, cannot, cannot help you. So we just, we were stuck. We're like, well, let's just hang out here in the, in the parking lot and just figure out what we can do. So, I'm just going to leave you guys there on that story. Sorry, a little bit of cliffhanger there, but uh, we have a sermon to preach here, so I'll come back to it. Um, like I said, today we're going to be continuing the sermon series on virtues. Uh, this series is all about cultivating and nurturing um, virtues in our lives for the sake of ourselves and others. Um, Luke has given us an introduction on the series a couple weeks ago, um, and uh, last week he, took, he spoke about wisdom, and today we're going to look at courage. But before we get started, let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being here with us today. Holy Spirit, I just ask for your spirit to just come. Um, just be here with us. I, 
I pray that the words that I speak this morning will just speak to everyone, and, and I pray that you use me as a vessel to, to glorify you this morning. I pray that you meet everyone where they're at and that they may feel your presence in this season of their lives. I pray this in your name. Amen. So when you think about the word courage, uh, what comes to mind? Is it a person? Is it a definition of the word? Is it an event that took place? Um, is it like uh, an event that took place like where the whole community was courageous? Is it something that you've seen? Anything like that? Um, well, for me, it was always a scripture verse. So when Luke told me about courage, I was like, first scripture verse that came to mind was uh, Deuteronomy 31, 6. It reads here, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. So for whatever reason, that scripture verse, like when I was going through my hardest times, that one has always stuck with me. Um, and it's one that I've never forgotten. I, I think that one is the one that I can fully say that I've memorized to heart. So when I sat down to write the sermon and you know thought about this c courage, I got really excited because I was like, okay, I've only known this one. I can only relate courage to this Bible verse. So I was excited to you know open up the Bible and see what other uh, Bible verses are out there about courage and, and what the Bible in general has to say about the virtue of courage. So let's take a look at some of those Bible verses. Psalm 31, 24. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. Psalm 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Psalm 31, 24. So be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. First Chronicle 28, 20. David also said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous and do not and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. And Joshua 1 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, there's plenty more that we could have, you know, gone through, like just Google search, find a, find a bunch of them, right? Um, there's so many uh, Bible verses, and we can flesh it out, but these were the ones when I was praying that really um, have stood out to me. And the as I was praying and reading over all of it, the main theme that I got through was that courage in the Bible has to do with trusting in God, right? So trusting in God, and more specifically in Proverbs, um, we are told here, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. He will make your path straight. There are over a hundred scripture verses scattered all throughout the Bible that call us to trust in God. The real courage, as I found out and we'll get into, the real courage is trusting in him. All throughout scripture, we are called to trust God in him through everything. Over and over again, God in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, he tells us to trust and trust in him, and he invites us to trust in him as well. He, 
He invites us to do that. No matter how big or small, no matter what we're going through, we can put our whole lives in his hands and we can trust in him. Now, that's kind of scary. I don't know if any of you are like me, but I, when I was going through that and I was trying to figure out like, where's the courage kind of part in it? There's the courage. That's a scary thing, right? Putting your whole plans in, in God's hands. Um, and that's the theme that runs throughout scripture is that the, the Bible verses that we were reading before is that in the face of fear, we are told to trust in God. When we're facing fear, God calls us to trust him. It's scary giving your plans to God. I mean, we had a whole plan on, I had a, I had a birth plan and everything. I had my due date. I don't know if any of you guys like that, right? I, I'm only relating it to childbirth because that's so close to me, but right? There's a whole plan for everything and then you, it kind of all goes away and it's scary. I would say more so um, when it's something that you've been working really, really hard for um, and you really want to be fully in control of, of it, that's the situation that a lot of us are in. And um, it just we just really want to make sure that everything works out. And then you read these Bible verses and then you're so humbled, right? You're humbled at the fact that we actually have little control over, what, over our lives. But when we put our trust in God, we are saying that it includes our plans. But more importantly, what we're saying is that we're putting our path and the outcomes in his hands. If we're honest with ourselves, um, we all have outcomes in mind, right? When we're making our plans. And often that really actually is what the fear is, is the outcomes not coming to pass. So um, when we put our trust in God, what we're actually saying is that um, we're going to be just as engaged. We're going to give it our all. But at the same time, we are going to acknowledge that I'm not in control of the outcomes, really. Trusting in God, though, something to keep in mind, trusting in God is not a passive act. Trusting in God is actively engaging with him and having a relationship with him. We're focusing on the relationship with God and letting him be in control of our outcomes alongside him with our lives. Teresa uh, Avila says this, Teresa of Avila says this, it's presumptuous for me to wish my, wow, let me start it again. It's presumptuous in me to wish to choose my path because I cannot tell you which path is best for me. I must leave it to the Lord who knows me to lead me by the path in which is best for me so that in all things, his will, his will may be done. So a good question to ask ourselves is uh, why can we trust in God? I mean, we're told over and over again in scripture that we should put our trust in God, but is there a good reason other than like we should just blindly trust in God, right? Why can we put our trust in God? And the answer over and over again in scripture that we see is that it's because God is always with us. God is always with us, no matter what we are going through. And I have some more Bible verses that we can see throughout scripture. So Joshua 1, 
1 through 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Isaiah 41, 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. Matthew 28, 20. And before Jesus left this earth, he spoke the following words to his disciples. And behold, I am with you always to the end of age. 1 Chronicle 28, 20. David also said to Solomon, be strong and courageous and do the work, right? Don't be passive. Do not be afraid or be discouraged for the Lord, your God, my God is with you. And Psalm 23, 4, even though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they control me. They com control me. They comfort me. You see here, we're not placing our trust in God because he's some kind of like magician that's constantly trying to perform an act or magic tricks on our lives or anything like that. But rather, we're placing our trust in him because he is walking with us in everything that we go through in our lives. The book of Proverbs holds holds in it a wealth of wisdom that we can look to. So we can put our trust in God and lean on him, not on our own understanding. Um, Proverbs is actually, um, many have said, and I know Luke has said that Proverbs is a book of instructions that we often look to. Um, and the main theme here is that Proverbs is instructing us in the best way to live a courageous, wisely courageous, wise, and godly life. Sometimes we miss that part, that that's actually what, what it is. Um, following instructions will help us build our life on a strong foundation that won't easily be shook. There are instructions that will help us live a fruitful and happy life. I know now that I'm a mom, um, and I know I got a lot of advice uh, from other moms, like, oh, you'll know, you'll know when you're a mom. Well, I, I do know, and I get it now. Um, but now that I'm a mom, and soon before I know it, I'm going to have a teenage daughter. That's going to be any teenage parents. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. Um, I'm going to have a teenage daughter, and I know for a fact, and please, those of you that are in my life, please hold me accountable to this, but I will be holding on tight to the book of Proverbs. I will be looking to the book of Proverbs for guidance. Um, I know when I'm guiding Amelia, um, our baby girl, that I will be looking to the book of Proverbs. And not only that, as parents, we are, we are told to shepherd our kids, right? We're told that we have to do what's best for them, for our children. And um, even though Amelia doesn't know that I'm trying to do everything that's best for her, um, that's exactly how, like, a similar comparison that we were told over and over again that that's the comparison. God, our Father, He has instructed us and is telling us exactly what to do in the book of in the book of Proverbs. He's providing us for a way for a way of life that is best for us, and with instructions on what how we should live our lives. Okay, so I feel like I sped through that. 
I'm a fast talker. I'm a little bit nervous. But um, back to my story. I feel like I left you guys on a cliffhanger. But um, back to my story. So we're, we're stuck in that snowstorm, right? And um, Wes decides that we should go back to the hospital. And um, we park in the big parking garage. And, um, you know, we're like, at least we have some cover cover for the night, even if we don't have anything else. And then worst case scenario, we go to the emergency room, right? We just hang out in the emergency room and we'll just figure it out there. Um, at this point, we're, we're just beyond exhausted. Uh, we had been out in the storm for like going on three hours at that point. And I was so, so tired at the time. But I remember also when you're in the thick of it, it's really hard. Just when any storm, this is just my personal situation, but when you're in the thick of it, you're kind of like, am I praying? I'm praying, but I'm like, am I really praying? So that's where I was at. I was like tired, but I was like praying at the same time with everything I have. And I've never been so scared in my life. I just went through something pretty traumatic, giving birth, and the next thing I know, I'm stuck in a snowstorm that no one said was gonna happen. Like very, very scary. Um, and I'm pretty sure um, that Wes would have said the same thing probably the scariest time of, of his life. And after this whole thing happened and, you know, we were safely at home, um, like I said, Wes, he, he's from South Africa and there's a lot of crime there. He actually mentioned that he would have rather been in South Africa and been held at gunpoint, which he has been there before, than go through that again. We were so completely helpless. Like, it's easier to just, like, give someone that's trying to take your money and then just be like, take it and leave. So at this point, we were so completely out of control. And he said that he would have rather been held at gunpoint. So once we park our car, we decide, you know what, I'm going to call labor and delivery one more time. You know, they said that they can't admit us, but I'm going to call them one more time. And uh, kind of the irony of the story, the hospital that we gave birth at is actually called Good Samaritan. So I thought that was funny. Um, um, so the a different person answers and they said, yeah, come on in. Like, let's just come on up to the labor and delivery ward. So we walked up there and we waited outside and they were all talking at the nurse's station. They kind of were giving us looks like, oh, how dare you get, because everyone was not leaving the hospital, but we were like, we need to get home. So we kind of were getting a little bit of those looks like, oh, you guys left, that was so like, not very wise of you guys, but I mean, I don't know, what do we know? So this charge nurse comes out of like, uh, um, out of the woodworks, I guess, didn't see her before. And she's like, okay, come on, I'm taking you back to a room. And we were so shocked because they were like, the person that we talked to before said, no, we can't do it, it's against hospital policy. You guys cannot be readmitted. You don't have a reason to. And so this charge nurse grabs our bags, sees us there in the corner, we all look dismayed, <laughs> grabs our bags and says, follow me. So she takes us back to a room that we were at and um, she just says here, she's like, you're not technically admitted, but I'm not gonna let you guys stand out there she was very kind of short and dry. I think she was trying to like not to be like, you know, not to get emotional or anything. And she drops off our stuff and we, you know, we set down Amelia and her carrier and we, Wes and I just immediately start breaking down crying. We were, I get emotional now, this person, she was who we were praying for at the time that I didn't even know that God was using her in our life at that point. I didn't even realize how hard I was praying until she like sat us down and was like, here you go, you have a safe place to live, not to live, a safe place to stay for the night. She was our angel that God had sent to us. She gave us the biggest hugs and she said, don't worry, sweetie, you'll laugh about it later, <laughs> which we are now. The whole time 
I can't tell you if I was trusting in God, honestly. I was just like, Wes, you have to figure something out. We were fully just, we don't know if we were trusting in God. We were just praying through the whole thing. I was so scared and so tired. And like I said, looking back, that was the worst. It was like a combination of the best night of my life, but also the worst night. And I, I don't even know if I was trusting God the whole time. But I do know through that charge nurse, he was there with us. He was there alongside with us the entire time. He made our path straight that night. We, if we would have not made it through the night, I don't think, I don't know what would have happened, you know? And it was because of that charge nurse, she was our God sent. And looking back, I really do wish that I would have trusted God more and more than I did at the time. But how often does that happen? You know, trusting in God, that's usually how it works. I'm pretty sure there's times in, um, in our, all of our lives that we can look back and kind of giggle like, oh man, like everything kind of worked out, you know, hindsight. And you're like, yep, that was God. You know, looking back like, oh, there was God in that, there was God in this, these, these different times in our lives, right? But it's like when you're actively in it, are you actually really trusting in God? We need to place our trust in God in the thick of it. Because as we've known over and over again, as I've read the scriptures over and over again, he is always with us. He is always with us and he is always faithful through it all. So to end off today, <laughs> um, I want to leave us with some practical tips in which we can be courageous and trusting in God, right? Because it's not just about like hearing this story or reading scripture. Like we need some practical tips that we can, we can use to implement in our lives when we're going through the thick of it. So I have come up with three practical tips in trusting in God. If you're scared, do it anyway. It's kind of a scary one. Trusting in God doesn't remove your emotions that come with trusting in him. It's not always butterflies and roses when it comes to trusting in God. Sometimes it's not even filled with comfort, like during it, but a lot of discomfort. And this is where the rubber meets the road. You just gotta like, there's a reason why, who was it? The Jesus take the wheel. Like you're just holding on tight and just doing it scared. I think that's a really easy practical tip that we can do is just do it scared. If that's too much, you know, doing it scared, let's start with something small, right? Our goal is not to just trust God in the big, big moments, um, but it's like the moments that we are in our lowest. Our goal is to build a life of trusting God with everything, even the small little things. And a way to do that is by placing our everyday things in him. You know, like, oh, I pray we figure out dinner, like just little things like that, you know? That's, that's a good way to kind of, build up the trust in, in that. And then tell others how you're trusting God in this season. Um, one thing that we would have not gone through that snowstorm if it wasn't for other people. And that's the thing here with Red Bluff is that we are, we are a great community. You do not need to go through things on your own. So tell others of what you're trusting God and allow others to pray with you during that season. Involve other people in what you're doing with your relationship with God. And also see where the whole community is trusting with, right? It's not only about inviting people into your life, but 
allow yourself to, you know, like, let's see who else can use your prayer. You know, use a partnership. God didn't intend for us to live by ourselves. You know, we are not meant to be by ourselves. We are meant to live in community. So um, why don't we all stand? I'm going to invite Dawn as we transition into ministry time. And I just have a question for us this morning that we can kind of pray about as I was, as I was preparing this. Um, is there any part of your life that you've been really scared to trust God with? So I'm just going to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time together. I just pray that you that the message will, was received and that you, um, you enlighten those areas in our lives that we really have been struggling to let go, to loosen the reins a little bit.